The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in that same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide. For the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off and protest against you. Yet, know this, the kingdom of God has come near. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. For the next five weeks, I will be leading a sermon series uh, that is uh, based out of some chapters, some material in the books, Joining Jesus. Uh, And uh, maybe you saw the table out there. Hopefully you were able to pick up a copy of a book. We have one for every household uh, in the congregation. We invite you to please stop at the, uh, if you didn't pick one up already, please stop at the table on your way out of worship this morning. Pick one up. Uh, and we invite you to read along through portions of that. We're actually not starting in chapter one. Uh, you're welcome to read that, but this sermon series is really based on material that starts in chapter 12. Uh, and uh, it was our hope to be able to give you the book ahead of time uh, so that you could read. But uh, postal service being what it is, uh, un- you know, uh, we just weren't able to do that. So. Uh, at any rate, you can still pick one up today, uh, and you can use that, those books not only in preparation for what you'll hear on Sunday mornings, but also for what you'll be hearing on Wednesday evenings and be able to participate in our conversations during our Lenten time together, even on Wednesdays. So uh, make sure you pick up one of those Joining Jesus books. To let you know just a little bit about what these weeks are going to look like, Uh, uh, we are really looking at the kingdom of God present among us uh, and what it looks like to join Jesus in the work that he is doing. All of this is based in the fundamental confession of our faith that Jesus is risen from the dead. He is risen. risen Hallelujah. Yes, even in Lent. (laughs) Even in Lent, we confess that Jesus is risen from the dead. And this is the fundamental reality upon which our church rests. This is not just the confession of our church, but it is the confession of each individual Christian. That Jesus is alive. That the Son of God is 
who was crucified on the third day, rose from the dead. He ascended to the right hand of the Father, and there he today bodily reigns and rules over his kingdom. He is a king, and we are members of his kingdom. Now, uh, this is a key thing for us to keep in mind, because we often think of the kingdom and the activity of God as being centered and really uh, almost even limited to what happens here, even really to what happens here in this room. Uh, Maybe by extension, the things that happen in this building or on our campus here, but uh, uh, really and truly, the kingdom of God is not limited uh, in, within the walls, the confines of this space. The kingdom of God, the place where God reigns and rules, where Jesus reigns as king, uh, it is wherever Jesus is. So certainly it involves This space here, this is part of the kingdom of God. We gather here because we trust that the risen Lord Jesus meets us here as we hear his word proclaimed, as we receive the gift of his body and blood into our very bodies to strengthen us for life. But that life that we live is mostly lived away from here. It's in our homes, in our places of work, the places where we play. It's in our neighborhoods. And the kingdom of God is present there as well. That may require a bit of a shift in your mind. Uh, but uh, as the author of, uh, of our book uh, tells us, as his definition, uh, Pastor Greg Finke gives us this definition, the kingdom of God is the redemptive presence and activity of God in human lives. Wherever you find a human, that is a place where God is at work. God is present in you, and when you're out in the world, God is extending his kingdom to wherever you happen to be. Now, when we think of a kingdom, we often think of a geographical realm with with geographical boundaries. Think of like the kingdom of England, right? Uh, and, uh, but, but it's really less a geographical space when we're talking about the kingdom of God and more the reign of God. And God's reign is absolute. So wherever... God has his reign, his kingdom. It's where his will is done. And wherever his will is done, that is God's kingdom. And so uh, this expands beyond uh, confines of geography. And that took a while for the people who were expecting a kingdom to come to terms with. See, the first ideas of the kingdom of God really came out of the people of Israel who had had a king. Remember David, and and there were many others as well. Uh, They had had a king, and they had had a promise that was given to David, the king, that that kingdom would last forever. 
problem was not all of the kings that came after David were as faithful as him. Uh, In fact, very few were. And uh, they led their people in wickedness. And eventually the kingdom came to an end. Uh, At least the they were the king himself was carted off uh, along with his family and uh, they died and the people were taken out of the land so they weren't even in the kingdom anymore. So how can you think about a kingdom when you're not there? Eventually the people came back, but there was no king and at least no king of Israel that was set over them. They had foreign rulers, but they held on to this hope based on this promise of God that there would one day be a king of Israel once again, and that of his kingdom there would be no end. Now fast forward uh, a few centuries, and then Jesus is born. Now you'll remember the angel came to Mary, the mother of our Lord, and said to Mary that he, the child to be born of her, would be called Holy, the Son of God, Uh, And that he would sit on the throne of his father David and of his kingdom there would be no end. Jesus is a king. And indeed the first thing he says when he bursts onto the public scene at the beginning of his ministry is repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God has come near. And wherever Jesus went, that's where the kingdom of God was. At at Nazareth, in that sermon that he gave in his hometown, he picked up the scroll of Isaiah and he read uh, from there, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim good news to those who are poor, release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. When John the Baptist wondered, Are you really the king? Jesus says, look at what's happening. And he pointed to signs of the kingdom, places where God's redemptive work was at work in the lives of people. He says, look and see what you see. The poor have good news preached to them. The blind can see, the lame can walk. Those who are possessed with demons are set free. The dead are raised. These signs the kingdom of God is here wherever Jesus went that is where the kingdom of God was if you look in uh, Luke uh, chapter 8 verse 1 uh, it actually uh, says that very thing Uh, soon afterwards Jesus went on through the cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God Wherever he went, the kingdom of God was proclaimed. It's here. But it wasn't only in the place where Jesus himself was. Soon, in the very next chapter, chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, then Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. So it starts with Jesus. And then it goes to the twelve. And they're sent out to proclaim the nearness of the kingdom of God. And then in our gospel lesson today, we hear how Jesus sends out 70 in pairs to go throughout the villages and to proclaim the nearness of the kingdom of God to wherever they went. 
That's where the kingdom of God was. And these signs of the kingdom, the redemptive power of, and activity of God at work in human lives, that was taking place in and through their ministry. Jesus also said when he uh, was risen from the dead and uh, right before he ascended to the right hand of the Father, he said to the apostles who wondered, now you're risen from the dead, are you gonna, now are you going to establish the kingdom on earth? Are you going to kick out the Romans and, and set up your, your reign and your rule here in Israel? Jesus says to that, <laughs> you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He says, you're thinking too small. You're thinking restricted. You're thinking geographical, political kingdom. I'm saying my kingdom's not going to be held here. It's going to the ends of the earth. And so starting from Jerusalem, like a, a pebble dropped into a, into a still pond, these ripples of the kingdom go out. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, even to such far-flung places as Stony Ridge, Ohio, the kingdom of God was proclaimed and brought near. Wherever God's word is preached and his sacraments administered, that is where the kingdom of God is present. You have heard these promises. You have seen God's redemptive activity at work in the lives of people around you. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus is alive. And he is at work. And not only here, but beyond these walls too. And he invites us to be involved, to join him in this work just as he invited the 12 to go out and to proclaim the nearness of the kingdom of God and he invited the 70 to go out. Now he invites all of you, each and every one of you, to go and to share this good news of the kingdom of God. Now that can sound kind of intimidating. The, the title, full title of the book that we're reading is Joining Jesus, How to Be an Everyday Missionary. And you hear things like, Jesus is calling you to share the good news of the kingdom of God. You know, I don't, I don't know about all that. <laughs> we don't feel like we have the stuff, the knowledge, the courage, uh, you know, the faith to be able to do that kind of thing. But it's really rather simple. It's Jesus is doing the work. Remember, God's kingdom is where God is doing his redemptive work in the lives of humans. God's doing the work. He invites you to join him in that. So as we look these next five weeks, we're going to be looking at how can we join Jesus in this work that he's doing. And the first part is simply this, to seek the kingdom, to look around us in our day-to-day -day lives, yes, here at the church, but where you're spending most of your lives. Again, in your homes, your places of work, your places of leisure, and to be seeking the kingdom there. God, where are you doing your redemptive work in the lives of the people that I'm rubbing up against throughout my week? God, where are you at in this relationship? What are you up to? And then saying to that next step, 
God, what do you want me to do in response to this? How do you want me to join you in this? Jesus is alive. He is at work and he wants us to join him. He wants us first to just open our eyes and to ask, God, where are you in this? Seeking the kingdom is taking our confession of faith seriously. And to know that Jesus isn't confined to this little box at the corner of 163 and and US 20. But he is out in the world. And he he is engaged in redemptive work in the lives of people you know. Seeking the kingdom is saying, God... Where are you doing that? What are you up to? Now, let's, let's make this real practical. In, in your day-to-day week, each, each of us has our schedule, our agenda of what things we have to do, our to-do lists that we want to accomplish, right? And, and you know, I just preached last week about how those lists, you know, there's always things left undone. And we're trying to just get our way through the list. And, and as inevitably happens, interruptions come along, don't they? Things break in and and get us off course and then we just have to try to get back on. But you know, seeking the kingdom is recognizing that God is often doing that redemptive work and inviting us to open our eyes to it, not despite those interruptions, but in and through those interruptions. So that when the coworker stops by your workstation and starts complaining about the problem that they have at their house in their home life, rather than just be like, come on, stop talking. I'm trying to do my work here. To pause for a moment as you're able and to listen and to ask God, God, what are you up to here? Why is this person talking to me? <laughs> Why why are they complaining to me? What's going on? What are you doing in their life? Where are you at work there? And then to take the next step and say, how are you asking me to be involved in this? And maybe it's just a matter of listening as your neighbor vents to you. And maybe it's in the house and you've got your to-do list and your chores that you're working on at the house and the child is either physically or metaphorically tugging at your arm and saying, hey, I want your attention. (laughs) And rather than say, go on, beat it, I got things to do, pause and say, God, what what are you doing here? How are you at work in this relationship? How would you have me join them in this? Your neighbor who stops by to shoot the breeze And you've got your things to do. God, what are you up to? To listen. To just spend time, unhurried time with your neighbors. And to ask God, God, what are you up to? And how would you join me in this? This is seeking the kingdom. 
You can look throughout the, uh, throughout the Gospels and you'll see lots of stories of people, particularly in Luke's Gospel, from the moment when Jesus was a baby. Uh, you had Simeon who held Jesus in his arms and by the Holy Spirit recognized him to be the Messiah. And it says that Simeon was one who was looking for the consolation of Israel. He was looking for God's redemptive work through his king and here he held in his arms this king. He was seeking the kingdom, and he found it in his king. Yeah, Anna, uh, in her 80s, stops by uh, right after that, uh, and she sees the baby Jesus, and she recognizes him to be king. And she runs, and she tells others, and, and it says she told, excitedly told, told everybody who had been praying for the redemption of Jerusalem. People who were seeking the kingdom expectantly waiting for God to work his redemptive action in the lives of people. Even even Joseph of Arimathea, when he took the body of Jesus down from the cross and buried him in the tomb, it says of Joseph, who was a ranking member of the the elite religious uh, uh, authority in Jerusalem, part of the council, It says, but he didn't agree with what they had done in crucifying Jesus. He was one, it says, who had been expectantly waiting for the kingdom. And here he took his king, who had been crowned not with gold but with thorns, who had been coronated not on a throne but a cross. He took his king and he laid him in a tomb. But when Jesus rose on the third day, Joseph, along with all of those other disciples, recognized that the kingdom had not come only for a short time, but that it had come for forever. Of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Friends, his kingdom is here. It is here in this place. It is wherever you go, wherever God is doing his redemptive work. I invite you this week to look at your relationships, to look in your homes, in your neighborhoods, wherever you find yourself, wherever you're rubbing up against people, and to ask, God, what are you up to here? Where are you doing your redemptive work? Where is your kingdom? And how can I join you in this? For he is here. The kingdom of God has come near to you. May you have eyes to see it. In the name of Jesus. Amen.